Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Lucas Vasquez towards the head of Benzema. He caught that so well. Beautifully timed head. Just a little clip on it, and Benzema has scored again. Slightly deflected the cross, but if it deviated at all, carried Benzema saw it all the way. Well, the first one was all about the power. This is all about the cross. And for any wingers out there, you don't have to beat your man. You just need to get that yard of space. And here, Rodrigo just gets half a yard and a wonderful cross, just asking to be put, put away. And Benzema's there. He's done this so many times. Now, Bush and Munch and Glad we have got mountain to climb. After all the speculation, Real Madrid win. They beat Gladbach and go through, win the group. Gladbach, though, also go through as Inter Milan is not able to beat Shakhtar Donetsk. We have RB Salzburg's loss to Atletico Madrid. Jimmy Conrad, James Bench, to discuss all of Wednesday's action as the group stage in the Champions League is done. However, Kego Lasso is not, because here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Que Golasso here with Jimmy Conrad, James Bench to break down Wednesday's action. James Bench, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, I'm mentally drained. That Inter Milan game was stressful, but I'm all right. <laughs> mentally drained. I think that's a good way to describe today and this week. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Like Benj, I wanted Inter Milan to win. I actually don't know if Benj wanted Inter Milan to win, but uh, I had a bet riding on it that they were going to draw the first half. Inter would win the second half. It was all set up to have to happen, and it didn't hit. And I've got some strong, strong words for Antonio Conte in particular. How does Borussia Mönchengladbach score 10 goals against Shakhtar over two legs, but Inter can't score any? I just, it just defies logic. Well, we are here to talk about it. And no, Arturo Vidal in the post-knockout stages is fine by me. Let's <laughs> move on. Let's talk about first, well, let's stay in Group B. Let's begin in Group B, everybody, with Real Madrid. Real Madrid, who really came and delivered. And after all the drama, after all the conversations, after Zinedine Zidane, will he stay after this game? You never know. Well, they end up winning the group. Uh, a really good performance against Mönchengladbach, winning 2-0. James Bench, how did you see that one? I mean, it's it's paper over the cracks SC, isn't it, Real Madrid? They are so... Well, actually, I don't know. You've got Man United. I suppose they're not papering over them anymore. But, I mean, it, like... <laughs> Karim Benzema, I feel like we have... Everyone, everyone thinks he's great, but maybe we've never quite comprehended how great he was. Those two goals were really spectacular striking play you know I mean the header reminded me a bit of Ronaldo the way he leapt in the air and hung for so long and um, I mean there were really good performances elsewhere Luka Modric I thought was excellent Rodrigo as well he gives you hope for the future if you're Real Madrid um, I don't quite know if this was like them playing up to their actual level or just you know Gladbach playing a bit worse than we thought they might have. I mean, they had chances early on. Player should have scored, and I think it's a different game if he if he gets that chip the right side of the post. But 
yeah, I mean, you have to kind of be impressed with how Inter got in their, uh, sorry, Real Madrid got in their winning position and just shut the game down. Um, I think that is that is what they have that maybe, you know, when we were talking in the preview show, we didn't quite make enough fuss out of was if they can get in that winning position, they know how to hold a lead and they know how to do what needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Not just hold the lead, but also, I mean, Jimmy, they, they, I mean, they were, I saw Luka Modric pressing high like he was a 21-year-old Colombian uh, playing against Chile and Conmebol South American qualifiers. <laughs> they were like going at it. Um, how did you see this game? Uh, to Benja's point, I think they played to their level, to their their potential. They played, everybody played well. I think we could, when we look back at different Madrid performances, especially in the group stages, you know, maybe five of the guys played well and the other ones had some really crap games. And I'm looking at you, Marcelo. So, you know, maybe there's some, there's, and that drop-off was so steep, it was harder for the guys that were playing well to recover and paper over the cracks. So I would say this was a, for me, I predicted it. I thought Madrid were going to win this game. I thought the professionalism and their experience, the winners win. And these guys know how to win in this competition. Borussia Mönchengladbach don't have that. I thought it was going to be a tight game. We're going to really see what this Borussia Mönchengladbach team were all about. I also had Atleti winning with the parlay. So I hit my Madrid uh, two teams winning. So I'm excited about that. But I thought this was a pretty easy one to call. Very similar to Juve beating Barcelona yesterday. Just Juve had everything kind of ticking all the right boxes and Barcelona didn't. And I just think with this collection of players, with Sergio Ramos coming back into the team, who raises the level of everybody around him, he just does. Whether you love him or hate him, he gets the most out of the guys around him. He holds them accountable. They play better when he's on the field. And there's another example of it today. Yeah, I'm really angry that neither of you talked about Lucas Vasquez for so long. We've been talking about playing yeah. a position. I thought he was fantastic. He was. He was. Uh, his first assist uh, for Karim Benzema's first goal. I thought he really played his heart out today. Um, and also Rodrigo, my goodness, what an assist, right? That that one, I think. It was fantastic for the second goal for Karim Benzema. Here's the thing I'll ask uh, you, James, just to finish us uh, uh, of Real Madrid. Something that gets me angry a little bit. Why didn't Sedan do this from the very beginning? Why didn't need to go to the very last game they were pressing high they were physical they were creative they were fearless they just kept going at it obviously you know the return of Sergio Ramos helps Karim Benzema being on top helps but come on this is Real Madrid uh why didn't they do this from the very beginning well I mean I suppose why didn't a midfield of, of Luka Modric and Tony Cruz do you know press press with such intensity week in week out because they can't anymore <laughs> and I think I think for me what I'm guilty of is we, you know, the, the, the great names of Real Madrid of the 2010s are on the decline. Cruz, Modric, you know, those, those players are not the consistent forces they were, once were. But I think, you know, I certainly what I got wrong is, you know, you see that decline and you forget that they can still, you know, in an important game, they still go up to a level that is the level of two of the best midfielders of the past 10 years. And they, you know, that if in a one-off game, they will run, you know, they'll run their socks off and maybe that will see that reflected in the Madrid derby. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, for me, it's as simple as they probably can't hit the levels they used to every single week. But when, when you, you know, this team's smart enough to know that when the pressure's on, they will do it. Benj, what I'll say really quick is that this is still a Madrid team I really wouldn't want to face in the knockout rounds. You know, yeah, they're not playing as well as they used to. They're getting a little bit, you know, long in the tooth. They've got a lot of mileage on those legs, but they still don't want to face them in the knockout yeah. round. So I'm very excited for the draw on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because now we get into the nitty gritty of everything. But Real Madrid deserves that win. And, uh, you know, they play their heart out. And, you know, basically they progress now from all 29 of the Champions League group stages they've ever faced. And 
all is as normal for Real Madrid. And it was great to see, uh, um, you know, uh, Gladbach, even after that game, Gladbach squad just waiting to see what would happen with the Inter Milan game against Shakhtar Donetsk. And let's talk about it, Jimmy. You, you, you started off with the frustration. It is frustrating to see this kind of team. They couldn't get a goal against Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, a little bit frustrating from all angles. How did you see this one? Yeah, I just feel like Lataro Martinez had a couple good opportunities. He hit the crossbar early on in the game, and they were sniffing around. They were poking around. They actually brought on Christian Eriksen. I mean, the person that they pretty much were not trying to associate themselves with from this point forward, they brought him on to help save the day, you know? So that's how desperate I feel like Inter were in this game to try to make something happen. Alexis Sanchez was a super sub as well. Just couldn't find that that composure that they needed in the final third to get that, that goal. Shakhtar... Fair play to them. I think Trubin and Goal, the 19-year-old or 18-year-old, whatever he is, is going to have a tremendous career. I think he's already a very good goalkeeper, and I think he'll be bought by a big club very, very soon. He looks very composed in and around his box, coming out for crosses as well. They didn't. They so Shakhtar didn't break. They just bent. They bent, bent, but they didn't break. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to speak. I can't even figure out which. I'm still pissed at Inter because they missed my bet and they should have scored. But uh, Alexis Sanchez actually had a good chance at the end. The ball hit Lukaku, which is pretty hilarious. But yeah, I'd be disappointed. I'm actually curious about Antonio Conte's future. What happens now? They're out of Europe completely. It's not like they fell into the Europa League. They're out of Europe. They were Europa League finalists last season. They're out, out of Europe. There is a side of me that thinks, listen, now Conte can go and say, listen, we're just going to focus on Serie A. We're going to challenge Juve for the Scudetto. That needs to happen. Now we have no distractions. We can go make that happen. There's a strong narrative for that. But also you think, okay, is this really the guy? Pochettino's out there. Maxi Allegri's out there. There's some guys that maybe would want to take over this project with a very good team. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm really interested to see what you guys think. Yeah, James, I mean, uh, as uh, Jimmy is saying, now Inter have now been elim- eliminated from the group stage in each of their last three Champions League participations. Before this, they had only failed to progress from one of their first 12 group stages, but you can see a trend right now, uh, definitely in the last three. What do you make of uh, this team tonight and, and what happens in the future? I mean, if we start with the future, Conte's quite... For, for a man in his position and with what he's achieved, he's quite bulletproof, basically because he earns a hell of a lot of money. He's by far the best paid coach in Serie A, one of the best paid coaches in the world. And, um, you know, he's not, as Chelsea can attest, he's not one that, you know, leaves, you know, is willing to resign, leaves quietly. It costs you a lot of money to sack Antonio Conte. As for the game itself, and this is where your problems are with Conte, 58 crosses, 58. Now, I know that, you know, Lukaku is good in the air. Lautaro is great, you know, great penalty box finisher. But if you're throwing in 58 crosses and, um, you know, the Shakhtar goalkeeper is punching them all away, this Shakhtar defence is much happier defending against crosses from deep than pretty much anything else. Yeah, Yeah, I remember your tweet when you said it. It was interesting. It's tactical stupidity. Yeah. you know, and this ha- this happens when, te- and you know, Jimmy, I'm sure will know, this happens when teams get desperate. This is how you respond. You go, God, we've just got to get the ball in the box fast. And that's when um, Conte needs to be bringing on composure, to be exuding composure from the touchline. He was not exuding composure. And look, 58 crosses, 57% possession, four shots on target. You know, this was not a game where Inter really looked like they were going to score. I mean... And that says it all because last few minutes of this game, it was there for them to win. They had the quality on the pitch to win the game and they just had nothing, nothing to cut, to cut open this Shakhtar defence. 
Yeah, those numbers say it all. Listen, we would love to have Jimmy Conrad for the rest of the episode, but he's a wanted man from left, right, and center. So we're saying goodbye to Jimmy C. If you any final words from you would be great. If not, we know you got to go, Jimmy. Always good having you. No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm sad I have to go go do some HQ stuff, but uh, always a pleasure speaking with you guys. And I'm excited for the draw. I'm going to emphasize it again, both, both in the Europa League and the Champions League. I think we're going to see some tasty matchups. Yeah, well, Jimmy will be part of that draw shirt for Kego Lasso. Jimmy, take care, my friend, and we will speak to you soon. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We said goodbye to Jimmy Conrad, but we're still here with James Ben. James, a lot more action to talk about. Uh, We will touch on Salzburg and Atletico Madrid, but let's focus on uh, Group D for a second. Uh, Ajax and Atalanta playing quite a tough game there. And Atalanta, thanks to Luis Muriel, the Colombian, uh, Atalanta are through uh, to the knockout stages, leaving Ajax out. Uh, I know that you covered this one. It was a tough game for both. But in the end, the Italian side came out victorious. Yeah, I mean, it was not what I signed up for. You know, someone says, you you did Ajax-Atalanta. Yes, free scoring, energetic football, two of the best attacking teams. Wait, what? It was, this was supposed to be the, I mean, I, you knew that kind of Atalanta could, in theory, approach this game by keeping it tight at the back, letting Ajax overcommit and hitting them on the break, which is what they did and did brilliantly. But I was just like, yeah, Atalanta won't do that. This is Atalanta. They'll, you know, they'll stick six strikers up front because that's, you know, that's what we come, and Ajax will respond by putting seven up front. It was a really weird game. And it was, I, I was a bit disappointed because it wasn't what I wanted. But you have to say, Atlanta managed it so well. I mean, that first half in particular, Ajax had so much of the ball. They were in good areas, but they couldn't get anything going. And Atlanta pressed in such a smart way. The front line didn't make it easy for Ajax to get up the pitch. But when they did, when Ajax did get up the pitch, they just dropped back and just got in the way, made it a bit annoying. And then, you know, I... I worried that the the game plan might kind of all fall apart a bit in the last 10 minutes that Ajax would put on the pressure and you think, why didn't you go and take the lead early on? But a lucky break with the red card for Gravenberg, which wasn't a red, certainly wasn't a second yellow. 
Um, and then Atlanta take their chances and they're going to be a great addition to the round of 16 because they will attack, please, please. <laughs> yes, that's what we're all hoping for. But listen, I mean, I get it and I agree with you from a neutral perspective. It wasn't exactly what we signed up for, but you have to be happy if you're Gasparini because, you know, you know that this team can score. It's more about making sure that you don't concede. And that's exactly what happened, especially uh, playing away from home. So that's a big bonus, I think, as they head into the knockout stage, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And we saw that a bit against Liverpool where yeah. they, they, they hit that one-two punch and they, they, they then just sort of settled for it and yeah. said to the best attack in the world, break us down. And they couldn't. So it's interesting. I suppose if you look at the difficulties they've had in Serie A, there's no problem with sort of edging back towards something a bit more basic. And um, if that works, well, you know, it's certainly going to make them a more varied threat for whoever they face in the round of 16. Yeah, let's stay in this uh, uh, group for a second as Michelin tied Liverpool. Liverpool already threw Michelin already out, but tied. But the question for you, James Benj, is, you know, Mohamed Salah, he got his goal. He passed Steven Gerrard for all-time scorer for Liverpool. Uh, you know, great achievement. But why is he playing in the first place if Klopp is complaining about squad? This is a game that he doesn't need to play. Salah literally just came back from, you know, getting better after COVID. What's going on here? Yeah, the full 90 as well. I mean, what? I courted some unhappy Liverpool fans by suggesting that perhaps playing him and Fabinho, two of your most important players for a dead rubber, was not the brightest idea. Uh, I still think it wasn't, even though they got through it unscathed. Maybe with Salah, you say, OK, you know, COVID, a few players have said, actually, one of the things that really saps for elite athletes is their energy and they need to build that back up. But even for 45 minutes... Playing Fabinho when you had um, the young centre-back, Billy Kuminde, I think is how you pronounce his surname, on the bench, yep. who you brought on anyway, you know, it would surely make more sense to, to have Fabinho on the bench if need be. That seemed really, really odd. It's really hard to have much sympathy with Klopp when he sort of says, I need, I need five substitutes to rest my players. If when the fixture calendar gives him the perfect game to rest players... Uh, he opts not to. One final thing, I don't want to belabor the point on this, but then, you know, people sort of say, oh, but, you know, he gets grief when he plays weakened teams in the Cups. Well, the difference is, if you play a weakened team in an FA Cup game, you might go out, you might not be able to win the FA Cup. This game had no sporting consequences. Really weird one. Really yeah, weird. They had won the group, regardless of anything. So it was, it was a very intriguing situation uh, there, but let's move on. And, uh, Let's look around here uh, at the remaining games. Obviously, Man City already through, winning 3-0 against Marseille. Uh, Porto beating Olympiacos. And we finish with, well, Bayern beating Lokomotiv Moscow. They're already through. Uh, but RB Salzburg, brave, uh, you know, resilient, courageous. Name it what you want, but they lost. 2-0 against Atletico Madrid. Uh, a very good Atletico Madrid today, I think they were just holding on, basically, which is like what they like to do and maybe hit them on the counter. How did you see uh, this one? As RB Salzburg and Jesse Marsh do not make it to the knockout stage, but Atleti does and second in the table. In the, in yeah, the I wasn't crazy about Atleti. I suppose it's just, it's that thing they do where, you know, they'll hit you with a set piece when you're, when you're at your most confident. And, that, you know, there was some I, th I think Salzburg are a real loss to the Champions League. And I know we've we've kind of 
gone on about this and I think we both would have been quite keen to see some marsh madness in the uh, knockout stages. <laughs> I like that. It was really embarrassing pun. Um, <laughs> they were a young team and young teams miss the chances that, you know, the Atletico Madrid team don't. Shaboshlai had a great opportunity. Oh, a great of, opportunity. Yeah. There was, there was a through ball by, oh, name it. It was a really good through ball by someone. <laughs> I think it was uh, I think it was Berisha. Berisha, yeah, in the first half. Yeah. Gorgeous. And yeah. he um and they just couldn't make the most of that opportunity. And I think that's maybe been the story of their group stage, not taking the chances they create, not having quite the final pass. It, you'd like to think it would come. Who knows what team this will be next season or you know, in the Europa League. It'll still be a really good team, but it'll be a team probably without some great players. Um as for Atleti, yeah, you'd, I, I, I'm. I don't want to sound down on them, but, but I just, I'm don't, I don't get excited by this Atleti team, and I, you know, I admire them, and they're a very effective team. But you know, my God, they're not, they're not they're not one I relish ever having to watch. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's uh, maybe more of a spark is needed with Atleti, and maybe that will come in the knockout stages. But one thing that you can say about Atleti is that. You know, uh, every time they score first, they're unbeaten in their last 14 Champions League matches in that situation. And also, they've progressed from the group stage in seven of their eight Champions League campaigns under Diego Simeone. They may not be flashy right now, and maybe that will happen once Luis Suarez gets back, uh, you know, to full rhythm, maybe Diego Costa. But they do have the talent to do it. It's just going to be interesting to see how Diego Simeone approaches it in the knockout stages. Uh, But... To your point, it was nothing exciting, and it's a sad thing that RB Salzburg is no longer uh, in the knockout stage. But finishing up, as we finish, this is it. That was the end of the group stages in the Champions League. The next thing is the Champions League draw on Monday, this Monday coming up. It should be a very interesting draw. Uh, and I think that something worth mentioning, James Bench, is that, you know, Things like the narrative essentially always ends up the same way once you start trickling down to the teams that belong. Uh, is there one team now, now that we've seen everything, now that we know the full setup, or maybe there's more than one, that you had an idea at the beginning of the whole thing, but now as we're entering the knockout stage, or at least the draw, because the knockout stage is not till like next year, but as we're entering the draw and we, we know the teams, is there anybody that you are now thinking, you know what? they actually could do something here or is your mindset still set on, on the usual? Uh, I, I, I thought they would. Yeah. Chelsea. I yeah. thought they'd be all right. I thought they'd be a quarter finalist. Maybe I didn't think they'd be this good. I didn't think the defense would, you know, it's that thing of, and who knows how true it is in the Champions League, but defense wins championships and man, that, that defense is strong and that depth is staggering. I mean, it looks increasingly like they'll have Olivier Giroud, for the knockout stages. So that's more variety and attack. They've got the whole package. Um, and I would have, I would have them in the, maybe not in the same tier as Bayern and Liverpool, depending on how fit Liverpool are, but they're right in that. They're at the top of that list of teams below for me right now. It would not surprise me at all. If Chelsea win the champions league. Yeah. I said exactly the same thing a few weeks ago, maybe last month, that it wouldn't shock me. And uh, as we look at the round of 16, we have, uh, you know, quite a 
quite a plethora of, of similar names, I guess. Sevilla is an interesting one. Finally, you know, we can talk about them in the knockout stages of the Champions League as opposed to Europa. Lazio returning for the first time since 1999. Borussia Mönchengladbach is great to see them uh, there. Of course, Manchester City, Liverpool, Porto, Real Madrid, PSG, RB Leipzig, Chelsea, Dortmund, uh, Juventus, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Atleti and Atalanta. It's a good time for German sides, I guess. Borussia Dortmund. Um, yeah, Gladbach. I really wouldn't want to draw. I had. I, they're the other one that they, they. There's slight Monaco vibes to them. A little bit of a sort of. They yeah. might just score five when you score three. Yep. Yep. I I agree. I agree once again. But that's it. That's your group stage Champions League action. Make sure that you stay tuned with us for the Champions League draw and so much more. Make sure that you follow James Benjamin on Twitter. Read all his content on cbssports.com and watch him on CBS Sports HQ. James Benj, I hope your Arsenal get a little better. I hope my Villa finally get to play a game. Uh, great to see you, brother. See you soon. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget that you can follow us on Kegolasso Pod. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review and drop us a question. Follow us on Spotify and Stitcher and make sure, make sure that if you're listening to cbsports.com and you're listening to us in the website, you can follow us on all those platforms and anywhere else you listen to your pods. We are coming back with much, much more, including the weekend preview and, of course, the Champions League draw, which is on Monday. This coming Monday, Champions League draw as well as the Europa League draw. Plenty more to come from Kegel Lasso. Have a great day. Hold up. 